into 1 Kings chapter 20, verse 13. 1 Kings <clears throat> chapter 20, verse 13. And this morning has to do with personalization of God's call upon your life. But God is personal. He insists in getting you through. He, he works things out in all kinds of ways to get you to Understand His perfect will. And by the way, we people who are pursued by the Lord don't really know what He is doing. And it gets very aggravating at times because I have no idea. Why is He doing what He is doing? Why am I in this situation? What's going on with my life? And so you find it a good example in the life of Ahab. Of course, you remember Ahab was married to Jezebel. That's the negative part of her life. You remember that uh, God rescued uh, uh, Elisha from the hands of Baal prophets and gave him power over 450 prophets of Baal uh, and, and, and honor Elijah. And God works with Elijah in preparing him to uh, transfer the power to Elisha. Same thing is going on here with Ahab. If you look at chapter 20, 1 Kings, verse 13, it says, And behold, there came a prophet unto Ahab the king of Israel. By the way, you're going to see prophets in and out. And it's related to Samuel. Samuel, remember, the last prophet in the Bible. Samuel is the last. He formed a school of prophets. And so this is a, a time in the life of Israel we don't, we don't have a specific year, but about a thousand years before Christ, before the coming of Jesus, born in Bethlehem. And so you're talking about uh, a time of preparation, which the, 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 the second temple is destroyed. The first temple is destroyed around 560 B.C., before Christ. And so histories are all coming together and the Lord is, is, is working his, his people. He is very particular about Israel. Very particular about getting Ahab to understand what God wants to do. So let's take a look. So this is uh, after Mount Bethel. I'm sorry, after Mount Carmel. After uh, destruction of the, uh, before the destruction of the, First Temple, and the story in First Kings is about uh, Ahab and Ben-Hadad, the king of Syria, in the years of debate and the years of war between the two, which is God's people against evil King Ben-Hadad. So let's take a look at chapter, chapter 20 of First Kings, verse 13. And behold, there came a prophet unto 
Ahab the king of Israel, saying, Thus says the Lord, Have you seen all this great multitude? Have you seen all this great multitude? From Before we get there, the multitude is about 127,000 people. Foot soldiers belonging to Ben-Hadad. And so, Israel is uh, 238, uh, is that right? 232 priests, and of course, 7,000 foot soldiers. Have you seen this great multitude? I want you to see the personalization of the Word of God to a person that's not all together. Am I working in my life these days and telling me this and about Yes, it is. I mean, I'll have all kinds of things on the table. Everything is happening. Happening here, happening there. Going to Brazil. This morning, arriving in Brazil, my brother's just arrived in Brazil after two weeks with me and, and all of that I had to do to, to do the Walmart thing with them and all of that. And suddenly, uh, I'm here with you this morning and to preparing to head on to Mount Bethel, a church in Atlanta. So, have you seen all this great multitude? Ah, sure he, sure. The, the prophet is calling his attention to the enemy. Have you seen it? Have you seen 127,000 armored people? So, behold, which means listen, look, observe. That's what behold means. It says, I, I will deliver, I will deliver it into your hands this day. Another personalization. I'm not giving the victory to your princes. I'm not giving a victory to to your 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 people. I'm going to get a victory to you. So now you you begin to see I the, the personalization. Have you seen all this great multitude? Behold, I will deliver it into your 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 hand. So by now you kind of realize that God is just after Ahab. He's after defending Israel. But he, he doesn't pass on top of Ahab and disregard him. And look at the other thing. Evil, as evil as he was, Ahab, God is working with him. I will deliver it into your hands, and you shall know that I'm the Lord. Now why so? Why is God so personalization, how he's so careful to deal with Ahab. It's because, you see, God's love. He wants to deal with you in the state of your mind. He wants to help you throughout your life. He, he's a king. Even though his wife is Jezebel, he is the king. And to you and I, it simply says, I don't care how bad or how ugly, how mean, how vicious you are up there in the world by yourself. I, I have a bone with you that I'm going to chew until I get to know you. So that's that's verse 13. Uh, I want you to get your mind into this personalization. Now, uh, <clears throat> and Ahab said, by whom? In other words, who's going to do this? When you begin to to study chapter 20, verse 13, all the way to verse 21, you begin to see things that you perhaps never thought you could see. But now exactly, especially on verse 14, 
God is saying, I will put an anointing. I will put a power. I will put something overwhelming in front of you. So as a pastor, as a minister, who, who are they? Well, uh, even it says the young men, the princes of the provinces, there were 232 princes. Now, I don't think these princes were foot hard foot soldiers. You know, when I see a prince, I see a very delicate hands and, 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 and silk everywhere and in, in fancy sandals. I don't see a army military man to confront an army of 227,000 people. And so I smell something here, that God is going to do something to where you have to recognize what He is doing and not recognize who is doing it. So why do you put 232 <laughs> gentle, tender, soft hands and attires, princes. And that, when, I, when I saw that, you know, I, I knew that, that the Lord is about to do something. So what it says to you and I, it says that the Lord, when He's going to do something, He will do what He wants to do, the time He wants to do, without you getting so upside your head, totally, completely berserk, nervous wreck, and losing your composure. He is going to do it. It doesn't take all the power. He is the power. He is the one who is going to do it. So 232 princes against an army of 127,000 foot soldiers doesn't really compare. He said, even by the young men of the princes of the provinces. And so... And so the Ahab responds, Who shall order the battle? In other words, those are soft young men, soft hands, manicured feet, manicured nails, hair, all beautiful, princes. Who is going to call the battle? And the prophet of the Lord says, You. Look at verse uh, 14. And he said, You. Now let's take a look at this because... This is the way God does things with us. See, when you are praying for something to happen in your life, when you, when you are involved into a situation that God has to come in and change the atmosphere and change, we have a problem. Okay. The first thing you need to watch out is that how God is going to get it done. Because He's going to get it done by using someone you never thought of it. You never dreamed that that person would be the one. You know, you're just not at all. You're completely, completely out of whack with this. And so in my mind, as an as a 80-year-old evangelist dealing with people constantly, I sat with a young lady uh, uh, before yesterday. She's 34 years old. And I told her, and I prayed with her and ministered to her, and I said, Lord, is there anything in here that encompasses what you're going to do in the future of my life? Then I had a call from a couple that wants prayer. And uh, they're very gifted, very powerful, very 
anointed of the Lord. And so I asked the Lord, is there something here that you might be able to use it in the next 20 years? And of course, then again came another person in my head, and, and I said, Lord, uh, uh, would you use him for the glory of God and, 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 and empower this young man and his wife to take over RBM in the future? Then there's a, a lady up there in, uh, in, in the north country of Montana. It, it, could you use her, God, to do something that needs to be done? And so constantly, most people that serve the Lord as they get older, they begin to look to where, where is it going to... Because I tell you, if I follow the Scripture correctly, the Lord is going to do something totally, completely... It will surprise the wits out of me. I mean, I'm going to be completely overwhelmed by the idea that the Lord puts into my mind and show me what He's doing. And so here, the princess, Ahab, is saying, I can't do it. Who's going to do it? Who are they? The princes of the provinces? Who's going to order the battle? And the king says, and the prophet says, you do, you will. In other words, me? <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the big boy. Bad boy, Ahab, going to order? My goodness, that's just not possible. Uh, I, I, in other words, uh, there's no way I can do it. Okay, It's just like uh, putting Ball State, which is the next game of Georgia, against, against the University of Georgia, you know, number one in the country. Poor Ball State, my goodness, Lord help them. Yeah, they're going to be slaughtered this Saturday. <laughs> you know that. But this last weekend, you see, Colorado just beat the wits out of a TCU, which is a powerhouse, uh, the only school uh, in, the, in that conference that ever been on the, on the Final Four. And so what I'm saying to you is that the Lord does things without telling you how He's going to do it. He just, she, he, you have to obey Him. And, and, of course, what is the Lord telling me about my situation? I just, uh, just sit tight. Just keep on praying. Having breakfast. <laughs> and thank you, Jesus. And the Lord began to do things to get the ministry going. This week we have Martha Brenneck with us. And, 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 of course, Martha is taking care of a major part of our ministry this week to handle everything. And the Lord is just using people from everywhere to do things so the ministry will continue. So let me take a look at verse 15 because you're going to see a little clearly now the mind of God. And he numbered a young man of the princes of the provinces, and there were 232. So he added, he added, I have in my array of soldiers 232 princes. And after them he numbered all the people, even the children of Israel, be 7,000. Elijah had prophesied there were 7,000 people who did not bow down to Baal. And here they are. Small group. You're talking about 700, 7,232 people against an army of 127,000 people. Now, I want you to sort of uh, 
Put yourself in the place of Ahab. He sees the multitude. He's comforted by the prophet telling him what to do. And by now he should be, should be walking around his tent whistling and eating uh, lamb. You know, a little fireplace, bring a little lamb and let's just uh, uh, mid sauce and have a wonderful meal and say it's all taken care of. God is in control. But not, not Ahab. Ahab is, his mind is, is, what is, he said something about Ahab's brain. Last week. He's not, he's not functioning correctly. Yes. His brain is fogged up on, on him not being able to get what he's In other words, he's double-minded. That's what you said. Yeah, okay, double-minded. He, he's here now. He's here there. He's there here. He's here now. And I'm trying not to be double-minded and put my head and my brain into the Lord's call and said, God, you call me to do this and you will fulfill your call in my life and I have to just obey you. And get the thing going. So here is uh, here's, uh, verse 16. Now you might not get this verse meaning. Because it might doesn't represent anything. It says, And they went out at noon. Now, <laughs> you know, it's just like the Lord. Why not they went out at 8 o'clock, 5 o'clock in the morning, in the middle of the night, and surrounded the enemy? Why do they came out at noon? The, why? What, what does this mean? It simply means that Israel needed to see the hand of God doing what the hand of God is about to do. God is simply saying, I don't want you sleepy. You know, the king Ben-Hadad is getting drunk in his tent but I want you to have lunch, and after you have lunch, go meet him. Behadad was drinking himself drunk in the pavilion. The pavilion, he and, and the kings, in the 32, 30, 30 and, and 232 kings who helped him, the princes. So notice that uh, the number of princes in Behadad's army is identical to the number of princes in Ahab's army. Like, like just the number, just the princes. Now the princes here are the weakest part of Ben-Hadad's army. But in the hands of God, the same number of princes is power. It's personalized power. And so I want you to see with God and without God. With the anointing, without the anointing. And the young men of the princes and the provinces went out first. And Ben-Hadad sent them out. And they told him, saying, There are men come out of Samaria. Oh my goodness. There are men coming out of Samaria. As you begin to get your life together and your business together for the fall, you don't know how much inventory you have to buy. You don't know uh, what you need to do about this situation, financial situation. And if you look very carefully, God only moves where there's a, a hole and, and, a, and, a, and a place for Him to operate. It means that not having what you need 
is perhaps the best place you could be in because that's when God operates. He operates in the nothing. He operates in the, in the, in the area, the weakest area that you have, the, the weakest point that you have. He looks at your vulnerability and takes over. And so in, in this sense, the man servants of princes of Ben-Hadad's Syrian army, I can hear people coming. Now, how do they know? They saw at a far distance a group of soldiers coming in. Perhaps they were singing. Perhaps they were chanting and making noise. And when they heard that, So these young men of the princes of the provinces from Israel came out of the city and the army which followed them. Now, you're going to see two armies. Let's take a look. 227,000 on Ben-Hadad's army. A multitude. On this side, you have 7,232 soldiers, including the soft and tender princes of Israel. And verse 20 says something that it cannot be described because it's not commentary here. It doesn't have much information. It simply says this, In they, they whom, Israel's army, and they killed every one of his, every one of his men. Now, I, I, I stopped. There was drinking coffee at 6 o'clock this morning. I looked at the scripture and said, what, what do you mean? They killed every one of his men. That's the King James. Now, the NIV says, And each one struck down his opponent. Op- opponent, opponent. And each one struck his opponent. And each one struck. In other words, you kill this one, and then that comes, or you kill him, and then there's another one coming, you kill him, and you keep on. They're coming one at a time. Now, if you take a look at the picture here, it's 207,232, and divided by, let's take a look. You got your calculator? I want, I want you to see this. Put Put that. 127,000 okay. divided by 7,232 7,32 17,2 17,2 17,2 17,2 17,2 17,2 Now you know, you don't think that that's sort of a difficult for the Lord to do. Because the anointing of God in these soldiers was overwhelming. And so the soldiers... Now, remember, the 7,000 are the ones who did not bow down to Baal. When, Ahab, when, when Elijah began to say, <coughs> I'm alone in the world. I don't have anybody to be with me. And, and I'm not able to make it. And... After slaughtering 450 pounds, after seeing the fire of God come down from heaven and consume the altar 
sacrifice in the bull in the in the wood in the water and all of that that happened on, on Mount Carmel. So each each soldier of the Lord killed seventeen soldiers of the enemy. Because it says everyone they killed everyone his man. Each one struck down his opponent. When I begin to look at uh, the team uh, playing, Georgia playing, you Martin, you know, uh, Tennessee Martin, Danielle asked me the question, all these, all these people here in front of me, uh, all the, the hundred, a hundred or so uh, uh, Georgia, red Georgia players, how many they're going to get all of them. And so I'm trying to explain the game to, to Daniel and Renato that not all of them get in the field at the same time. Only 11. And so they said, I don't understand. Why do they have so many? If they're not going to play, why do they have so many? And he said to me, uh, just like soccer, isn't it? I said, yes, just like soccer. In spiritual life, it's the same. It's you against the enemy, but a enemy that knows and matches your faith, matches your character, matches who you are. It's one at a time. Never, never, never God will allow you to battle against an army of 200, 127,000 people coming at you. The Lord knows who you are. And the Lord gave victory here to each man in, in Israel's army. Each man, each man. To slaughter, uh, to kill 17 of them. And so, now let's take a look at verse uh, 20. And they killed everyone his men. And, Syri- and the Syrians fled. So why were they fled? I mean, you're talking about 127,000 soldiers. Why would they fled over? It's because the power, the strength, the anointing of the Israel's army was overwhelming. Meaning, the Lord is is inside of the arm. The Lord is inside of the legs. The Lord is inside of their brain. The Lord gave them vision, paranomic, paranomic, panoramic vision of what's in front of you and who's coming to you. The Lord decides. The Lord sends 17 to each one of those. <laughs> Is my turn yet? I don't know. Let, you, you can wait a little bit. You can die later. I'll be glad to. <laughs> in other words, when God does battle, He He does it specifically. His way. He knows exactly how to win. And I, 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 that's what I want to tell you today as you begin to face the day and face life, that God is, He knows your potential. He knows who you are. And you have to have no fear because He is going to turn everything. He's got strategy. And look at this. And Ben-Hadad, the king of Syria, escaped. He is in the number 117 there, you know. 17 to 1, escaped on a, home, on a horse with the horsemen. 
I don't, I don't, I think it was uh, several horses, soldiers on it, and Behadad on his horse took off. And the king of Israel went out and smote. Now, this is the first time that God shows up the power of God through, through Ahab and the king of Israel. Went out and smote the horses and chariots and killed the Syrians with a great slaughter. But the Lord is the one who did it. It was 17 to 1. The odds were very, very against Israel. But add the Lord in it, and everything changes. Let me ask you this. Do you know that God is on your side? Do you know that He wants to deliver you from the pestilence of the enemy? Do you know he, you're not alone? Do you know that He is the one who is with you to comfort you, to strengthen you? and to care about you and to love you. Do you know that? Do you know that uh, no weapon formed against you will prosper against you? I, I don't care who it is, but if you bad-mouthing me, if you are accusing me, if you are saying things against my person, I'm a servant of the Lord. God's going to deal with you in a way that you don't know how. In other words, when you are a servant of the Lord, his army is at your command. That's exactly what this story shows. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray this morning, Lord, as my brother and sister look at their personal lives as to who they are, what's happening to them, that they be strong enough to know that they're not alone. Wherever they are, God, wherever they are, they're not alone. And I ask you, Lord, to call, to convict, to change, and fulfill your promise in my life to the limit, to the very moment to get God done according to your will. I praise you, the Lord. I praise you, Lord, that I'm not alone. Never been alone. Never will be alone. For there's an army around me and my enemies are 17 to 1. I can do the 17 through God who strengthened me. In Jesus' name, amen.